My name is Andy Nelms, and I have the privilege of being the um, associate pastor here at Lover's Lane, and of course, um, the pastor at Thrive. And so excited to be with you as um, we are now in what's called the season of Advent. This is a season of preparation as we prepare our hearts and our minds for the birth of Christ. And um, and, and we're talking about something very specific uh, through this season of Advent, through this time of preparation, uh, about the presence um, that God offers. Of course, not presence with a T, uh, but with a C-E, the, the gift of ourself, the thing that we bring um, of us. It is not only our gift, but of course is the gift of God, right? The, the gift that God offers through Jesus Christ. Um, and this week, um, we talked specifically about God in the waiting. God in the waiting. Because this season of Advent is so much about waiting. And, and of course, this season of life that we are all in is kind of about waiting. Right? And, and we realize something, you know, maybe this is obvious, but, you know, we, we don't like to wait. Right? We don't, we don't like to wait. It's something that we don't like to do. We, we like immediate gratification, right? We, we like immediate gratification. We like things instantly, right? Um, it, you know, if you would have told us like 10 years ago that we could watch basically anything on TV immediately without having to go to, you know, Blockbuster um, and to, to rent the, the movie or the show or whatever, like you would have thought, you know, that's crazy. And, but the thing that's, that's enforced is the fact that we don't like to wait, uh, of course, you know, we're in this season of preparation as we prepare for Christmas, and, and I know that this thing of not liking to wait is true for my children as well, right? Um, my wife, Melissa, is already like on the ball. There are already gifts that are wrapped that are under our tree, and, um, and, and my wife bought very specific wrapping paper that said, no peeking on the gifts, right? And so now my children have to stare at it, um, and, and we've instituted a no shaking rule, you know? I don't know if you know that rule, but it's the rule that you can't shake the gift to try to figure out what it is. Um, and, and now, you know, we're being asked every day, right, when, when do we get to open them? When is, when is Christmas? We don't, we don't like to wait. Of course, we're um, in the season now where um, there are more positive COVID-19 cases than, than ever before. And, and at the same time that this spike is happening, we are, are reading and watching news every day of vaccines soon to be distributed, right? To be approved by the FDA, to, 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 be, um, to be distributed to, to the masses. And, and so we're in this kind of odd season of waiting while there's this kind of anxiety and fear while also this hope and optimism. We don't like to wait. We don't like to wait. But what we learn about waiting is this, that waiting puts power in willpower, right? Waiting puts power in willpower. The more we practice waiting, the better we are at it, right? It sounds kind of strange, but, but you know, just imagine this. Waiting is almost like a muscle, right? The more that we use it, the more we have of it, right? Um, there was actually a study done in, back in 1996, and, um, and it was by, I'm going to call them Dr. Roy and Ellen because their last names are almost unpronounceable, but um, Dr. Roy and Dr. Ellen um, did a study back in 1996. They took a group of people, and they, um, and they put them in a room, and they filled the room with the smell of freshly baked chocolate chip cookies, 
right? One of the best smells in the world, right? So they filled the room with the smell of freshly baked chocolate chip cookies. They split the group into two, and they gave one group of people the chocolate chip cookies. They gave another group of people radishes, right? And, and, and I'll be honest, as I'm reading this, I, 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 don't think there's, I don't think I've ever eaten a radish in my life. But, um, but, you know, so like they gave one group of people the chocolate chip cookies. They gave another group of people the radishes. Both had smelled the cookies. And then they, they did kind of another thing with this group of people. So they took both groups of people, they put them in, in a room, and they gave them a puzzle to solve. And, and they said, work as long as you'd like on this puzzle. Um, work as long as you'd like, and, and the goal is to try to solve the puzzle. Little did they know it was an impossible puzzle to solve. The test was to see how long the people would spend on the puzzle. And what they found, what they said was very interesting, they found that the group of people who were given the chocolate chip cookies spent twice as long on the puzzle than the group of people who ate the radishes. What did they determine? That our willpower is limited. Right? That, that, that we have a limited amount of willpower. It took a lot of willpower for the people who ate the radishes to eat the radish. And so when it came time to do the puzzle, they had less willpower to give to the puzzle than the people who never used their willpower in the first place who were able to eat the chocolate chip cookies. Does that make sense? So, so we learn that there is a finite amount of our willpower, but we also learn, or what I believe that we are to learn from this, is that our, our willpower is also a, a strength that we are able to grow it to increase it. Because imagine this, if you were to take that group of people who ate the radish and say, hey, you're going to do this again tomorrow, right? Rest now. Rest through this evening, and tomorrow you're going to come back and do the same thing. I bet you could get that group of people to increase their willpower and to say you're going to eat the radish and then spend even longer on the puzzle. And I bet they could spend longer and longer the more times they waited and then rested and then waited and then rested. Waiting puts power in willpower. And so the more we practice it now, the more waiting we practice now, the more willpower we will have in the future. And I think that's what this season of Advent is all about. I think it's what this season of the global pandemic is all about. And, and we learn about waiting. I, I think waiting is like a good thing for all of us. If, if we are Christian, if you profess Jesus as Christ, I think waiting is a very good thing for you. But maybe you're here this morning or you're watching online, you're not sure what you think about Jesus. I, I think it's great. I, I, I'm, I'm glad you're here. And, and, and I think waiting is still, this willpower is still a good thing to experiment with, to practice. And so if you're not quite sure what you believe, I want to encourage you just to kind of experiment with this and see if it works and is true for your own life. When we learn about waiting in the Bible, and there's a couple of characters in the Gospels, in the stories of Jesus, there's a couple of characters that, that show extraordinary power to wait Extraordinary power to wait. We, we've heard about one of them already. Um, the, the Blakemen shared them, uh, shared the scripture with us. It's, it's this story of Simeon, right? So Simeon, while all of the stuff of, that we normally tell about Christmas was going on, right? So, so while Joseph is receiving um, the divine name of Jesus, um, while he's being told that, that Mary will conceive and bear a son and his name will be Jesus, while Mary's being told that, that she will have a son, while all this is going on, there are two people who are patiently waiting 
for Jesus. One of them is Simeon. Again, we learn about him in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, so if you have your Bible with you, I encourage you to, to use that. Or if you use your phone or however you use it, I encourage you to grab your Bible. We're going to turn to Gospel of Luke chapter 2. So Matthew, Mark, Luke are, is the New Testament. And uh, Luke chapter 2 verse 25 says this, that there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout, and he was waiting. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. Simeon has been waiting this whole time. He has been waiting, says, for the consolation of Israel, for Israel to be restored, for, for, for the world to be put back right the way God intended. Simeon has been waiting this entire time, and he has been told that, that he, Scripture says, literally would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Right? He, he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And then Jesus comes into the temple courts. Of course, the, the infant and his parents bring him there to be dedicated. And, and scripture gives us like very little narrative. It almost looks like Simeon just kind of like rips this child from Mary, right? And, and begins praising God. This, this is the child we've been waiting for. This is the one. Shows this incredible willpower. But he's not the only one. He's not the only one. In, in fact, again, in the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, just a few verses later, we read about another woman, a prophet named Anna. We read about this in, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 36. said that there was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying, coming up to them at that very moment. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Scripture tells us that, that she was married, and then seven years after she was married, her husband died. She became a widow, and so she spent the rest of the time in the temple, right? She's been in the temple this entire time, waiting until now she's 84, waiting for the restoration of Israel. And then once it happens, Simeon is praising God with Jesus there. And he's telling and he's thanking God for, for what God has done. Anna comes there and begins telling everybody around who that child is. Notice what is happening here, that these people have been waiting. Simeon and Anna have been waiting. That, that while Joseph is receiving the name, they have been waiting. While Mary is being told that she will bear a son, they have been waiting. Even when it comes time to the birth and they're knocking on the doors of the inn, asking for a place to stay, they have been waiting. That whenever the shepherds receive the news that the Christ child has been born, they have been waiting. While the, while the stargazers, while the wise men are traveling from afar to see this child who has been born, they have been waiting for this entire time. Here's what we learn from this. Sooner or later, sooner or later, God delivers on God's promises. For Simeon and Anna, this is not an instant thing. 
Can you imagine being Simeon and Anna and being told that this amazing thing would happen? They know, right? They, they, they can see this happening in the future. They have been told that this thing will happen. But they are left in this in-between time. For Anna, probably more than 60 years. Waiting. Why would she wait that long? Because sooner or later, God delivers on God's promises. About a, about a year ago, um, it was a Saturday morning, and, um, and, and both Anna and Elijah, my, my seven- and four-year-old, had woken up early that morning, right, as they typically do on Saturdays, right? Um, woke up early, and, and so I got up with them, and, and we headed down to the living room, and um, and uh, said, so, well, let me, let me see what's, you know, let's, let's watch something on TV. And so uh, I turned on Netflix, and I saw, and again, this was about a year ago, um, that at the time, the new Spider-Man movie was on Netflix, right? One of my favorite Spider-Man movies now, and, and one of my favorite movies called Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, right? About Miles Morales, who, who, um, who becomes Spider-Man and, and meets these, these different, um, you know, Spider-Men and, of course, Spider-Women. But, but um, you know, it's this, this is awesome story, and so I was like, so excited. I was like, oh, let's, let's watch this, you know? I, we, none of us had ever seen it, and I was like, oh, this looks really good, and, and, and I think it's really fun for us to watch together. So Saturday morning, 6.30 in the morning, we, we turned on the new Spider-Man. I was so excited, and we were watching this movie. We watched this movie, and we're watching the whole story, and it's so much fun, and, and it's, the animation is great, and, and I was really enjoying it, and we came towards the end of the film. We came towards the end of the movie, and there's this really epic battle. You know, the antagonist, his name is Kingpin. He's, you know, this larger-than-life character, and, 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 he, and he's battling Spider-Man. He's battling Miles Morales, battling the, the protagonist, the, the main character, the hero of the story. They're having this epic battle. Things are flying all over the place. These things are happening, and it's really tense. And, and my daughter Anna kind of curls up next to me, and, 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 you know, there's all this suspense built up in that moment. And she said, Dad, I'm, I'm scared. And I said, I, I, I know, Anna, it's, it's a little tense right now, but, but, but Miles doesn't die. You know, he, he, he wins. And Anna was kind of confused in that moment. She said, have you seen this before? And I said, no, I haven't seen this before. But, but I mean, you know, like, I know the rest of this story. That, that you know, Miles can't die. He's not, not going to die. That, that he's going to win some way or another. He's going to win. You know, and as I've been thinking about it, this is our story. You know, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know how many people are, are going to lose their lives to COVID-19. 
We don't know when a vaccine is, is going to be distributed. We don't even know when it gets distributed, how long it's going to take for an entire world or even an entire nation or state to be vaccinated. We don't know how long any of that's going to take or when that's going to happen. But friends, we, we know the end of the story. That in the end, sooner or later, God delivers on God's promises. Friends, that's the story of Christmas. It's the story of Simeon and Anna. It's our story that sooner or later, God will deliver on God's promises. We are the people who don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know what's going to happen this evening or tomorrow, but we know the end of the story and our mission is to wait, to increase that power in our willpower, to wait for God to deliver on God's promises. So I'm going to encourage us to do a, a couple of things this week. And, and if you've never tried this before, I, I really want to encourage you to experiment with fasting this week. I think this is a great discipline in waiting. I'll tell you what, so on Friday of this week, I'm going to fast from, from sun up to sundown. Um, and, and this is a, a spiritual discipline that Christians have done since the very beginning, have um, experimented in fasting, of, of abstaining from solid food um, for a period of time. And so I'm going to do this on Friday, and I would encourage you to do it with me. And, and, and you know, I I love food, y'all. Like, like I, I, am, I, I love food, and, and so fasting is difficult for me, but what I'm going to do is, is use this as an experiment in waiting, and so um, whenever I feel those hunger pains, I'm going to use that as a reminder to pray. As a, as a reminder to pray, and I would encourage you to do the same. Experiment with fasting this week. Maybe you say, you know what, like I've got, I've got a lot of stuff going on on Friday, I can't do it. Fine, try another time. Experiment with fasting in some way, and don't set this huge unattainable goal for yourself that you, that you can't achieve. It, just start with small things and, and watch how God is using that as a way for you to put that power in willpower. So I would encourage you this week to experiment in fasting. And the second thing I want to encourage you to do is this, that while you wait, focus on what you can do. Whatever you're waiting for, maybe you're waiting for Christmas, and, and there's this anxiety built up around what you're going to do for the holidays, who you're going to spend time around and do those things. Focus on what you can do. You can control who you are in contact with. You can't control your family or what they're going to do or, the, or your loved ones or what they are going to do, but you can control yourself. Focus on what you can do. You can't control when a vaccine will be distributed, but you can control what you are going to do this afternoon and, this, and tomorrow morning. As you wait, and, and whatever you're waiting for and whatever you are doing, focus on what you can do because anxiety increases when we think too far out ahead of things we have no control over. Friends, it will do you no good. But while we wait, focus on what we can do and believe with every part of our being that sooner or later, God delivers on God's promises. 
In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.